0: an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the savior's love spiritual sword media presents the anchor of the soul with mike hickson preacher for the olive branch church of christ in olive branch mississippi and now mike hickson
1: The theme of our study tonight, when in need, turn to the Lord. The song that we sang a moment ago, Does Jesus Care? The response is, I know he cares. The Bible affirms that God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, that they genuinely care about our plight here on planet Earth. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to know that we serve a loving God who is deeply interested in what is ongoing in our lives. There are some that would say that God is far removed from the difficulties, the trials, the tribulations, the daily affairs of mankind. I don't believe that. As a matter of fact, I believe that God is involved in every aspect of life. As a matter of fact, in in looking at the scriptures, we find that the Lord is the one who upholds all things by the word of his power. God is involved in, in the lives of people. And for that we ought to be grateful. In verses 46 through 52, we have the account of a man by the name of Bartimaeus. And I want us to note his reaction upon hearing that Jesus was in his presence. And note what Jesus did for this man. The first thing that we want to do is note the sightless one. Of course, that is Bartimaeus. What about the condition of this man? Note, if you would, what is said in verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. Jericho, geographically, was located northeast of the city of Jerusalem. And if you read the parable of the Good Samaritan, you'll see that The man that fell among thieves was making that journey from Jerusalem to Jericho. And it was said to to have been a very rocky, hilly terrain. And so uh, it's also called, historians call it the City of Palms. Well, Jesus, he along with his disciples, they've come to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, Mark tells us, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside, begging. As we look at the text, we find, based on what is recorded for us, the condition of Bartimaeus was not a favorable one. First of all, his disability. Here was a blind man. And I'm not sure how long Bartimaeus, I'm not sure what had caused his his blindness, But I think it lends insight into the fact that we live in a world that is replete with human suffering, with problems, with disabilities. And sometimes we ask the question, why? Well, we know going back to Genesis chapter 3 that sin entered into the world. And the consequences of sin are felt in many, many ways. From disease to illness to death. There are any number of physical maladies that people that people face. Job said in Job 14:1, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. I think chronicling for us the fact that that life is filled with disabilities and trials and tribulations. But then we note his destitution. Not only was this man blind, but the text says he was a beggar. Here was a man that was utterly dependent on the on, on the the, the goodness, the generosity, the benevolence of other people. Now, it's not uncommon for us in our world today to be driving along the streets of, of Memphis. I'm not so sure that I've seen it here in Isle of Branch, but in Memphis, it's not uncommon to see any number of individuals sitting by the, the side of the road begging. Some may be legitimate, some may not be legitimate. But one thing, one, one thing is certain, People have disabilities in life and then there are people who, economically speaking, are at the bottom of the ladder. You remember Jesus said in John chapter 12 at verse 8 that the poor you will have with you always. Poor people have always been around. This man was blind. He was a beggar. His his situation was, it was very sad. I think that you and I, we would have had sympathy for someone in this condition. But note, if you would, verse 47. Here we find the cry of the man. Mark said, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Here's what I think we need need to understand here Bartimaeus was a man of faith. How did he know? how How did he know? that Jesus was the son of David. If you go back to the Old Testament and you look at, at, for example, Psalm 110 at verse one, there is a statement made by David. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus quotes this in the gospel according to Luke. And Jesus, of course, constantly engaged in dialogue with his detractors. And if you look at Luke's account, you'll find that they had been pressing him on a number of issues. And so Jesus just made reference to the fact that he was the son of David. And basically the question is, how do you account for that? Go back to the Old Testament, and you, you read of a prophecy made in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 and following, where the Messiah would come through the family of David. David, one of the great men in the history of Israel, the first, well, the second king over the United Kingdom. He followed King Saul. Saul had disobeyed God. God removed him, anointed David. David later took the throne. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a great man, and through his lineage, through his family line, the Christ, the Messiah, would come. Now, Mark tells us that this man began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. If you drop down and look at verse 52, after this man's sight has been restored or after he has received his sight, Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well or your faith has saved you. Jesus acknowledges here that this is a man of faith. This man has faith. How does faith come? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17, we're instructed to walk by faith and not by sight. Here's a man who is sightless and yet apparently has some measure of faith in the Lord. Wonder if he had ever heard Jesus speak before. Somehow this man had heard about Jesus. Either someone had told him about Jesus or he had heard about Jesus, or rather he had heard Jesus firsthand, look at all the miracles that are attributed to Jesus throughout the New Testament. Is it the case that Bartimaeus may have heard about some of the great miracles that our Lord had performed? When you begin to catalog the miracles that Jesus performed, any number of things that he did that, that underscore his deity. Why did Jesus perform the miraculous? Well, the miraculous was intended to authenticate, to certify that he was who he claimed to be. That is, he was the son of God. So here's a man of faith. But now note the crowd's mandate. In verse 48, then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Here was a man that wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. And we talk about wanting to be in the presence of the Lord. I think about individuals who have problems. If you had problems physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever the case may be, had you lived in the first century, would you have wanted an audience with Jesus? I think about the Lord. And as the Lord went from town to town, from city to city, and and visited with people, And all of the many people that came to him with their wide range of problems. I can just imagine Jesus saying, you came to the right place. If you have problems and you turn to the Lord, I assure you, you have turned to the right person. Here's a man that demonstrates a measure of faith and I think that his faith is worthy of our emulation because Here were people saying, what you need to do is be quiet. Don't don't be calling Jesus. And yet, what does he do? But he cries out all the more. So we look at the sightless one, but now consider with me, if you would, the sovereign one. First of all, the concern of Jesus. Go back again and look at verse 48. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, arise, he's calling you. Somewhat interesting that on the one hand you have this crowd trying to suppress Bartimaeus from from calling out to Jesus, and then after Jesus commands him to be called, what do they do? But they turn right around and say, Be of good cheer, he's calling you. There's got to be an irony there to some extent. But, But look, if you would, at the first part of verse 49. We talk about the concern of Jesus. Listen to what Mark says on this occasion. So Jesus stood still. In your mind, just think for a moment about here's Jesus and his entourage and they're, they're traveling through Jericho. Maybe they're on the outskirts of town. Here's blind Bartimaeus. He's crying out. He's crying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. On the one hand, the crowd's telling him, you need to be quiet. He continues to cry out. Jesus is walking, but apparently, having gotten his attention... The text says he stood still. There is a great lesson there for us. And the lesson is the Lord is not too busy to help us with our problems. You ever tried to talk to somebody who who seems preoccupied with something? You ever ever seen somebody, maybe they're walking down the hall. And they're walking and you're, you're calling their name. And you're trying to talk to them, you're trying to tell them something, and The whole time, they just continue walking. Somewhat annoying, isn't it? The least they could do would be to just pause, come to a halt, stop, and hear you out. They don't have time for you. The Bible says that Jesus stood still. To me, I I think that is a tremendous, that that affords us tremendous insight into the character of, of our Lord. He's not too busy to listen to me, to help me. You ever called somebody on the telephone, you're trying to talk to them, and during the course of the conversation, here you are pouring your heart out to them, and they say, look, I've just got too many things going on, I'm busy right now, call me back later, I'll call you back. I can't imagine Jesus doing that. The Bible tells us, that we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but one who has been tempted on all points like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus can sympathize with our problems. He's been here on planet earth. He's experienced what we have experienced in large part. He understands what we're going through. He feels our pain. He feels our trials, our tribulations. He can sympathize and empathize with us. And he's willing to take the time to hear us out. You could get on your knees and pray to the Lord for the next 24 hours straight, and guess what? Not one time would the Lord say, I need to take a break, or let's let's just rest for a little bit. The Lord is going to hear you out. The writer of Hebrews said in verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 4, therefore let us draw boldly under the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The writer there is saying, are you in need? Do you have problems? Do you have troubles? Do you have trials? Do you have temptations? The answer is yes. All right, here's what you do. You go before the throne of God. Why? Because he's there to help. Is God ever too busy to listen to you? The answer is no. Absolutely not. Here's another thing. Look at who Jesus stood still for. Here's, a, here's what we would call an outcast. He wasn't a blue blood. This guy wasn't among the upper crust. He wasn't running in, in, in high levels of, well, he wasn't running in, in high political arenas here was what we would call a common man and maybe less than a common man. What does that say to us? It says the Lord is no respecter of persons. There are some people, if you have the right pedigree, they're willing to help you. They're willing to listen to you. They're willing to come to your aid. But if if you're not of the right pedigree, guess what? They don't have time for you. If you don't believe that, look around in our world today. Look at the various social classes in our world. Jesus took the time for a poor, blind beggar. And I think that suggests unto us he'll take time for us if we'll only turn to him. Note now the command of Jesus. First, the call from Jesus. Verse 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Listen to what it said. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Verse 50, his coming to Jesus. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So here's a man that willingly comes to the Lord. He's asked the Lord, to, to pause from his travels and attend to his needs. Verse 51, Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Every time we go before the Lord in prayer. Well, maybe not every time, but many times when we go before the Lord in prayer. Is it not the case that we have something we want the Lord to do for us? I know that Paul said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. I understand that we, we can pray to God, we can praise Him for His greatness, His love, His, his concern. We, we can praise Him, we can thank Him for all that He has done, and we ought to do those things. But many times when we approach the throne of Almighty God, it's because we need His help. We need divine intervention, don't we? We need the Lord on our side. It may be some form of anxiety we're dealing with. It might be some type of problem with our children. It might be some type of physical problem, emotional problem that we're experiencing. It might be related to our job. It might be school related. There are any number of complexities of life that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And when we go before the throne of God, on many, many occasions, we're going before the throne of God because we need the Lord to do something for us. Now again, in times of need, to whom do you turn? My recommendation is turn to the Lord. Why turn to the Lord? Because Peter said in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, casting all your care on him. Why? For he cares for you. How How do I know the Lord cares for me? Listen again to verse 51. Jesus responded to this blind man by saying, what do you want me to do for you? Had you lived in the first century, had an audience with the Son of God, been in the position of Bartimaeus, and the Lord had said to you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you have said? Listen to what he said. Raboni that I may receive my sight. That word Rabboni literally means my great one. It carries with it the idea of a master, of a chief, chief of princesses. Is that not what Jesus is? Is he not the great one? Is he not, as Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, a mighty God, the mighty God? Jesus is deity, He is the second member of the Godhead. Again, we talk about the faith of Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus here uses a title of honor in addressing the Lord. What does he want? To receive his sight. What would you want to receive? Well, I know what I would want. I'd want to be able to see. I would want to be able to visualize this world, to to visibly see. The hills, the mountains, the valleys, the green grass, the beautiful trees and flowers. The handiwork of Almighty God. I'd want to see a human being. What does man look like? What does a woman look like? Verse 52, the cure by Jesus. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. The Bible says, and immediately he received His sight, the wellness of Bartimaeus. What did Jesus do? He made him well. What can can Jesus do for you? Are you hurting? Are you suffering? Are you lacking spiritually? Here's what Jesus can do for you. He can make you well. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the great physician. Jesus is the great physician. And Jesus, as the great physician, came not to minister to the righteous, but to those who are sick, those who are sick with sin. Jesus can make you well if you'll turn to him. And then the wisdom of Bartimaeus. Listen to what Mark says. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Wisdom says, wisdom suggests that when you have a personal encounter with the Lord, when you come Face to face with the Son of God, and you come to be delivered from, from whatever maladies you have, physical or spiritual, that you follow Him. I understand that we're not living in the age of the miraculous today, but when we hurt, when we suffer, And when we ask the question, does Jesus care, the answer is a resounding yes. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. The Bible says he cares for you. The wisdom of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus began to follow Jesus. Doesn't say where he he followed him. Doesn't say how long he followed him. But I, I would assume he became one of his disciples and became a regular follower of the Lord. How can you and I come to an appreciation of who Jesus is by reading and studying the scriptures? I I would challenge you sometime, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each writer gives somewhat of a different perspective of the life and ministry of Jesus. Sometimes those writers fill in gaps that others have omitted. But when you take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you have is a complete poetry of Jesus, the Son of God. There's no way to adequately describe everything that Jesus did to sum it all up. John said, many of the signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, go through, sift through the four narratives of the gospel. And read the details of how Jesus came in contact with person after person after person. Some were sick. Some were diseased. Some were blind. Some were deaf. Some had problems with their children. Some had faith problems. All of these varying groups of people. Jesus took time for each of them. And Jesus aided them if they truly, genuinely wanted his help. What does that say to us? It says to me that when we, have, when we have needs in this life, we can turn to the Lord. I can't think of anyone better to turn to than the Lord. I'm grateful for my parents. I'm grateful to know that I can call them on the telephone. I could go see them. I could ask for their advice. I could could seek their input, their counsel. They'd give it to me the best they could. I'm grateful that if I were to have some kind of of physical sickness that I could call on friends and family members and they would minister to me as well as they could. The bottom line is no one can help like Jesus. No one can minister to us. No one can serve us quite like the Lord. We need the Lord. In closing, life is tough. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that or not, but life is very tough. And because it's tough, you need someone in your corner. You need an ally. The best ally I can recommend, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Look at what Jesus did for Bartimaeus. Jesus restored this man's sight, gave him sight. There are a lot of people that are blind, spiritually speaking. They're blind to the truth of Almighty God. Read John chapter 9 sometime, where Jesus healed a blind man. The religious leaders of our Lord's day, those who doubted Him, who didn't believe in Him, spiritually speaking, they were blind. And sadly, there are some people that are blind to the truth of Almighty God. They're blind to Jesus. They're blind to what he can do and what he has done. Here's what Jesus said. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth of Almighty God can deliver you from a life of sin and unrighteousness. If you're caught up in a life of sin, the answer is Jesus. It's not alcohol. It's not drugs. It's not anything else. It's the Lord. Whatever your problems may be in this life, turn it over to the Lord. I promise promise you, you'll be glad you did. What would you need to do to become a follower of the Lord today? First of all, you have to believe that he is the son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins, John 8, 24. Jesus said, if you die in your sins, where I am, there you can't come. Then you need to be willing to repent, to turn from a life of sin, that is, to get out of the sinning business. Jesus said, I tell you nay, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish, Luke 13, 3. And then to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible then says we are to be immersed in a watery grave of baptism. When we are immersed in water, we contact the blood of Christ, which washes away all sins, Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. We become members of the family of God. We have the quality of life defined as eternal, Titus 1, verse 2. If we're faithful until death, the promise is the crown of life, Revelation 2.10. Maybe you're here tonight. For whatever reason, maybe you've gotten off track spiritually. Maybe troubles have come, trials have come, temptations have come, and you've given in, you've given up. Well, there is a road home. What would you need to do? James said, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another. Could we pray with you and for you? knowing that God will abundantly pardon
0: Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again and to see video archives, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife? When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's
1: love. Hi, I'm Mike Hickson. We hope you've enjoyed the Anchor the Soul radio broadcast. Our worship services at the Olive Branch Church of Christ begin at 10 a.m. each Sunday morning. Our Sunday evening service starts at 6 p.m. If you're in the Olive Branch area, we would love to have you visit with us. Services at the Olive Branch Church of Christ are streamed live over the Internet each week. Please visit our website for additional details. That website is www.olibranchchurchofchrist.org. Join us again next Sunday morning on this station at 8.30 a.m. for the Anchor of the Soul. This is a presentation of Spiritual Sword Media. We have an
0: anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move